Hi, this is Catherine Lorimer and welcome to my podcast um, on my well-being journey. Now, um, the next podcast is entitled Narrowboat Waste, Energy Use and Book Production and Recycling. Um, and because I used to work in book production um, and I'm living on a narrowboat, well, I'm living two days a week on a narrowboat anyway. So as it's the Climate Change Conference coming up, I thought I'd do a podcast about waste and packaging. Because when you live on a boat, you become really aware of what you use and as you have to carry it somewhere for disposal. And I'm also going to be looking at energy usage and water usage as well. So this morning when I was doing my recycling, I carried it all the way from the boat across the car park to empty it in the relevant skip. And there was limited room, so I actually had to open the lid of the skip up completely. And to my surprise, I saw a book. So out of curiosity, I took the book out and I saw another one underneath it. And I actually saw that it was Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, parts one and two play script and Fantastic Beasts. Um, were also underneath it and I've not read either of these books so I decided to remove them from the recycling and emptied my recycling back in where the place with where the books were. Now I was surprised to find two books in recycling and I actually wondered why someone had put them there. People would usually have taken books to the charity shop so that they can be reused and I wondered why these had ended up in the recycling. And as I used to work in book production, I thought it might be useful if I do or make part of this podcast and explain the complexity of book manufacturing so that people are made more aware of what it actually takes to manufacture something and the materials and the energy used so that maybe just one person will listen to this and instead of throwing the book in the recycling, they might instead choose to donate it to a charity shop where it can be reused, maybe once, maybe twice. So I've left the book on the boat, so I can't, I'm not able to check it to see where it was printed. Now, we do still have a monochrome, so that's a black and white printer in the UK, a company called Clay's. So let's assume, for the purpose of this podcast, that it was printed in the UK rather than China, India or Europe. So let's start with the paper. Most of the forests that grow trees used to produce paper are in Scandinavia. So firstly, energy will be used to cut the trees down, then to put them on a lorry, then take them to a factory to be processed. When the bark is removed, the wood's then chipped and mixed with water to create a pulp. The pulp is then made into paper. It's a bit more complicated than that, but you'd get the general idea. The finished paper will be delivered to the printer. And with the same process will occur for the book cover because it's a slightly different, thicker card. Now, the book will have been written over a long period of time using a computer, so that uses energy and electricity. It will then have been edited and will be typeset, ready for the printing. Laser proofs will have been couriered to the publisher for checking and when approved, metal printing plates will have been produced. And then the book will be printed and also with ink, which are made from quite often from vegetables. So the cover running sheets may have been couriered to the publisher for approval to check the colour. The book will then have been folded and cut flush on three sides. And then as it's a perfect bound book, the pages will have been glued onto the cover and the books will have been placed into a carton. And the cartons will have been put into a pallet. And the pallet will have been shipped to the publisher's warehouse for distribution. 
and then they'll be sent out in individual cartons to individual bookshops. A person will have driven to the bookshop or maybe ordered on Amazon and a courier will have delivered it. So if you fully appreciate just how much energy and materials go into the whole process of manufacturing a book, and then this and this actually applies to everything that's produced, and quite a few of the things that we throw away or send off for recycling, I'd ask, should we be doing this? Or instead, should we have some other kind of outlet where whatever we don't want is sent and then somebody else who maybe does want that particular thing can then find it and make use of it rather than just chucking it in the recycling, which then would take more energy to recycle it. Now, as I have to carry any waste from my boat to the skip, I've become really more aware of what I'm buying and what everything's packaged in. And I do still have a lot of plastic waste, which I don't feel great about, but that's what the food comes in. Now, I'm also more aware of my water usage as I have to fill up my water tank myself and I run my diesel engine for about 30 minutes to heat the water up. So if I'm heating water for my shower in the morning, I make sure I've had breakfast first so I can use the water I've heated for washing up. And then also I'll do cleaning tasks at the same time. So I'm making the most of the water that I've heated. I'm also more um, aware of the amount of water that I use in the shower because I need to press a button to drain the water out of the shower to empty the shower tray. So this makes me stay in the shower a lot less than I would if I'm showering in a house. And for washing up, I don't fill the bowl right up as I would do in a house, as I just don't need to use as much for the washing up that I have. Because when wastewater goes into the canal, I also use eco-friendly products. Now I have to rely on my electrics being charged by my engine. So when I'm on a boat, I need to run my diesel engine for 30 minutes twice a day to charge the batteries. Although I do have an electrical hookup when I'm staying in the marina but it makes me really conscious of my electrical usage. So I only have a couple of lights on at night and the fridge and the water pump as the water pump pumps the water around the boat. So I use USB chargeable speakers and a USB chargeable Wi-Fi because these are only five volts, so they don't use that much electricity at all. I was going to get a microwave, but to be honest, I'm managing really, really well without one. So I'll just have to accept that I can't cook jacket potatoes on a boat because it would be ridiculous to try and cook one in an oven run from Calagas or camping gas. Now the boat has a 12 volt energy supply, but you can get an inverter to convert 12 volts to 240 volts. So this means you can use normal appliances like my laptop. Now I use gas to cook with and I have a large orange bottle gas of gas in the front of the boat but I need to undo the gas bottle and carry the empty one to the shop and then the full one back and reconnect it all so I'm really really careful about how much gas I use because I really don't want to be doing that too often so I'm finding that instead of using the diesel engine to heat the water in the evenings for washing up which is a waste of energy I actually just boil a kettle because then I'm just using a small amount of gas and I use that for washing up in the evenings.